now that we've shut down the Patreon and we're no longer putting out new episodes over there, we wanted to put some of the old episodes out here on the free feed. But due to how old some of them are, we wanted to provide a little bit of context before each episode. So this episode aired April 15th, 2021. The beginning of the episode is John and I talking about some COVID stuff uh, that might not be relevant anymore. If you don't want to listen to any of the the ranting John and I do, just uh, go to minute 10 or minute 11 and, and you can get past that stuff. I will say I think there's an exceptional level of swearing in this episode as well. So I believe we swear in all of them, but make sure you know, you're not doing this one in front of kids. Also, at the end, John and I kind of discussed something we were thinking about doing that we never ended up doing, so hopefully that doesn't get your hopes too high that we were going to do it, but either way, this is an entertaining episode, another nugget-filled episode, and uh, kind of a more laid-back style on the Patreon than we do on the free feed, so enjoy this show from April 15th, 2021, called How Much Should I Do Before Calling Suppliers? Welcome back, everyone, to the uh, Dropship Podcast. My name is Ben, and I'm here with John Warren. How are you, dude? I'm good, mate. You got your sexy voice on. It must be that new haircut. Uh, for everyone who can't see the video I've been staring at for the last five minutes, Ben's got a new haircut. His first post-COVID haircut, and uh, he's been preening himself on in front of me like for the last ten minutes. He loves it. I'm not even he's joking. Feeling, he's like, feeling sexy. <laughs> on Zoom, you can choose to have gallery view, which you would do if there's like 10 people on the call and you want to see all 10 people's faces. Or usually if you're one-on-one, you just have that person big screen. No, I'm doing gallery view today because I'm literally admiring this. I'm going to call it the Mike Trout haircut if you want to look up what a Mike Trout mohawk fade is. Uh, I'm doing it. Yeah, I haven't been squared up in a year, man. I had to go a little while. Who does yeah. your hair? I don't know. A hairdresser. Baba. What's it nice to Baba be able to like, not be told you can't do things for the last year? Yeah, yeah. I only missed out on that for about a month last year. I've been going to the barber since, I don't know, May, April, May last year. To be fair, I'm in Wisconsin, which is, you know, Wisconsin, Texas, Florida. We kind of don't care. Um, I mean, I cared, <laughs> but I don't, most people around here didn't care. So I could have been doing things, but you know, my wife's pregnant. She actually lost a couple family members to COVID as well. And so out of respect for her, I have really done nothing for quite a while. And, uh, uh, but come on, Ben. It's not real, man. It's not. COVID, uh, it's, it's not real. It's all made up, bro. It's fake. People I don't. Also, people, I, got the micro, I got the microchip. Fuck, both doses. I have both microchips. My cell phone reception, my 5G is through the roof. Uh, mm. And uh, they can track me all the way to get this Mike Trout haircut now. So, Well, you know, I'm on 5G now just to get COVID. Nice. I, I specifically you know, went out and bought a new phone just so I can get it. I right. wonder how this sits, right? We only have like 20-some people in the group here so far. But I bet it's 50-50. I bet there's half of them are like, you you got the shot? What the fuck, bro? Uh, and the other half are like, yeah, good, good job. Way to follow the rules. Yeah. Where do you Possibly. Where do you sit on it? This is great dropshipping content. Where do you sit on it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's go get political and shit, man. No. Um, <laughs> where do I sit on it? Well, look, I, yeah, I find most people on this fairly hypocritical, right? Um, like literally people who go, oh God, this is always a train wreck. People who say, right, who pick issues that they don't want to listen to experts on, 
right? Are but they will listen to experts on other things. So people who listen to you and me as experts on dropshipping, but won't listen to the overwhelming weight of scientific fact are hypocrites. I'm sorry if that offends somebody. You're a fucking hypocrite. You can't pick and choose. If you're not an expert on something, you have zero right to say you know better. It's like if somebody came to me and said, John, I've never launched a dropshipping site before, but I know the way to do it. I'm right. I'd go, you're a fucking idiot. You don't. You're going to fail. Right? So I, I just, I can't get my head around it. Right? People who are like, they like hear one person online who's like, oh man, it's all a great hoax. It's all a conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, that's right. That's got to be right. There's one dude saying that or two dudes or three dudes when there's, you know, on the other side, 10,000 people saying, no, that's, that's not right, actually. And, he, and here's the evidence why it's not right. Like here's the actual evidence that you're too dumb to understand, but it is there. Like, like I can't get my head around it. Uh, and look, I mean, you know, I've, I've got a background in science and stuff from university and all that sort of thing. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling. And there's other issues like that. Like, you know, Climate change, obviously, is one. I mean, I could go down a long list where people just sit there like, oh, I'm a mechanic, I fix cars, and all of a sudden I'm an expert on climate science. Like, go fuck yourself. Seriously. It's arrogant. It's arrogant and it's hypocritical. That's all there's, I got for it. There's two things built into humans that I think work against us in this instance. One is tribalism. Um, we used to live in tribes, and if you didn't fit in that tribe, you're fucked. Uh, and we don't need tribes anymore, uh, but we still feel like we're in a tribe, right? So yeah, it's sure. the reason we follow celebrities because they are the celebrities of our tribe. You know what I mean? Uh, and so this tribalism, you have to fit on one side or the other, especially in America. Maybe it's different over there, but you have to fit on one side or the other. And then we have these beautiful, beautiful fucking brains in our heads. They have, they have revolutionized our lives over the past 10,000 years, right? Brought us to where we are thanks to these big, beautiful brains we have. Uh, but also that brain, all it wants to do is prove you right. It wants to constantly show you your right, whatever you believe, whether you believe the dumbest shit in the world or the smartest shit in the world, your brain will go, Oh yeah, I can find like nine ways to validate that for you. Uh, and so between needing to be in a tribe and finding the evidence you need, uh, because your brain just wants to find the evidence for you, I feel like that works against us. Uh, and then the internet has made it very easy for your brain to find the evidence you need, uh, whether it's correct or incorrect. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, there's yeah, there's definitely swings and roundabouts to having the the human mind, right? I mean, it's you're right; it, it can do amazing things. But at the same time, you know, sometimes I I don't think we actually often understand how our minds actually work. Do you know what I mean? Like. I mean, you see this in marketing. This, this is what marketers play on all the time is the subconscious versus the rational mind and things like that. Like most people just don't understand how their brain actually works. How your brain makes, yeah, as you say, makes you find ways to justify things that you should know are not actually right, right? Um, or on, on logical and factual evidence are just not right. You know, it's, 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 it's super interesting, but it's... Uh, you know it's often not a great thing uh, it gets us into some you know uh, i think less than optimal situations sometimes well, and you know to tie it back to entrepreneurship and your e-commerce journey uh you wanted to talk a little mindset today that is something i've worked incredible amounts of time on 
for the last couple of years. And it, it's amazing what your mind tells you is reality. Uh, and, and the moment you can break free from these beliefs that were built in you, like between the ages of four and six, uh, you're basically a six-year-old making decisions right now. I, I know that might sound shocking to believe, but that's the truth. Uh, you were taught this is how life is. And that's, you know, <clears throat> people often ask, you know, what was the breakthrough in your dropshipping store uh, or any business I've ever been in? And it was in between my ears. It had nothing to do with the next marketing thing I learned or how to do something a little bit better. It was believing I actually could. Mm. Believing I was worthy of it. Believing it was it was it was for me that, that it was okay that I did this and, and believing it's okay if I fail and like just all, all the usual suspects, your, your brain is super powerful. So I know that was a, quite a journey from believing in uh, uh, medical science to believing in yourself and your entrepreneurship journey. But uh, the mind is insane, man. I think we could probably spend hours just talking ah, about crazy stuff. In we could, head. we could. And you know what, for me, I think, you know, sort of the last year or probably a bit longer, one of the most disappointing things that I've seen is, is really that, uh people uh, at least in my experience anyway um have a much closed much more closed minds than i thought was where we were at in like 2020 as far as human progression had gone uh, i i thought that the world was becoming more open-minded but i think looking at the past events of the last couple of years I don't think that's the case, unfortunately. That's that's not what I say. I, I see a lot of a lot more closed-mindedness to, or a lot less willingness just to discuss things in a sort of you know uh, in a, in a constructive way, to get to what's right rather than you know people just going crazy. And you're you're thousands of miles away from the crazy, bro. And you see. It. <laughs> oh, look, yeah. I mean, we still have it here. It's just to a to a lesser extent, maybe at the moment. <laughs> You know, every country goes through these cycles, right? You know, uh, I mean, it, it, this happens everywhere in the world at some point in time. You know, so it's it's just it's just your turn for the crazy. Wow. <laughs> of late, just to put a cap on it, there's something called Moore's law, right? Where everything happens twice as fast as it happened the last time, and so our hmm. technology um, is going to go twice as fast. And so in 20 years, we'll be four to eight times further ahead than we were in the last 20 years, right? Think what happened in the last 20 years. And so we're only going to drive a deeper wedge into people who are like, fuck that. I'm not living my life in VR goggles, right? We're only going to drive a, a deeper wedge into people who have all of these truthfully like older beliefs that maybe aren't true and they aren't willing to like talk about and discover new ideas. It's only going to get wider and wider and wider. Um, and that is a little bit scary. I think I stumped John. Officially stumped John. He is just staring off into nowhere at the moment. Yeah, no. You're right. You're right. I'm sure. <laughs> you want to, do you want to talk dropshipping on this dropship podcast or do you want to stick? Yeah, we should we should probably get to that, shouldn't we? And so we were gonna come back, go back a step. So last last episode was a QA and the one before that we we talked a lot about uh calling suppliers and we dived into sort of the I guess the mindset and handling objections around that, but we kind of skipped past a bit of stuff, didn't we really? So if we're, you know, stepping through the process of building a, a high ticket dropshipping business, um, you know, there, there are some things we do before we actually call the suppliers. And we, 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 we talked about building a list of suppliers, going out and finding the names and the details and all that sort of thing. But before you actually pick up the phone and start calling them, um, there's a few things. That, that you want to do um, 
to, you know, I guess have something to show them when you call them. So I think, you know, probably the first one of those after you pick your market or your niche or whatever you want to call it, obviously you're going to pick a name and, and sort out branding for your business. Um, how much thought goes into that for you, Ben? Or how much effort do you put into that? What's your yeah, approach? We brushed on it, right? We brushed on the fact that, you know, a big store versus little store. Uh, yeah. And I, and I kind of was of the opinion that if you're just starting, you should start a smaller store. The only catch there is, and I think I used this analogy was like baseball pitching machines. If I name my store baseball pitching machines.com, that doesn't allow me to branch out and serve a bigger audience, the athletic directors of all schools and serve different programs. And so I, I, I tend to lean towards more broad names that still make sense personally. And as I've evolved, and this might be a little bit advanced is, I, I like to find age domains uh, that already have backlinks that are almost impossible to get nowadays uh, that I can build upon so that I kind of have a, a head start moving forward. But that's a little bit more advanced. Like the, the one I bought recently was $5,000, right? That, that's not something everybody mm. can do out of the gates. I don't think you need to do it out of the gates. However, no. I saw a real opportunity yep. here. Just happened to stumble upon this website that made a ton of sense, had some links from places you'll never get a link from today. Uh, and I was just like uh, – let's pull the trigger here and really get a jump start. So, you know, back to your original question, I like to think about it in broad terms. So if, again, if I'm selling baseball pitching machines out of the gates and I do plan to move to football equipment or volleyball equipment or soccer equipment or more outdoor things, I would probably do uh, something a little more broad. Um, heck, I don't know if I can talk about this. I'll bleep it if I can, but I own something like any season sports.com is something I went when I was selling pitching machines again, 5% margins. Don't do it. Um, that's where, that's where I started, right? Just something that was more open to the masses selling like sporting products. Yep. Yep. And what do you think about, um, you know, and, and this question I, I hear a lot. What do you think about like the name itself? Do you make it like really obviously, related to the products or do you go for something a bit more creative or do define, you think it matters define creative because like, the question i get a lot uh, well, is like cre creative like... is like like to use a classic example i mean apple right sells technology products it's called apple doesn't like the name doesn't have anything obvious to do with the products that the company sells or anything like, there was a reason that apple was called apple at the time you know steve jobs wanted it to be different to the other technology companies they were competing against have a different feel to it a bit more light-hearted a bit more playful feel right compared to like your microsofts and your ibms and all that which you know were kind of techie sounding names but like it's completely it sounds to the to the person that doesn't know that it sounds like something completely abstract and weird but yet it's successful it's a successful brand right or that i mean they could have called themselves you know desktop computers online right <laughs> um so like do you do you think it matters yeah, I, I get questions around more of the SEO side of it usually, right? Like, should I use the exact match keyword as close as I can in my title, right? So I'll give you an example. One of the first businesses I had was pelletgrillpros.com. Still around. Um, if anybody knows that guy, John, you might still know him. I'd buy it back in a heartbeat and, and uh, really whip that thing into shape. Uh, 
pellet grill pros, right? So I sound like I'm the pro in pellet grills. And that's all I was targeting was pellet grill websites, uh, mm. or, or, you know, selling pellet grills and accessories. And, and I think I had some charbroilers or maybe some smokers on there or something like that. Um, but I wanted to hit the keyword as best as I could. And I also wanted to look like an authority in the, in the niche. I think a lot of times people try to stuff keywords in there, um, or, or they go super long, like forward titles where I, I want to keep it short and memorable. Like that's, that's all I really focus on. Um, and that's all branding is right. Is, is, are you memorable? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the key for me as well. Um, I think you should never have more than three words in your brand name Two if possible. Um, <clears throat> I think the short, the shorter, the better. That's obviously good for your URLs and things as well. Um, but yeah, being memorable. And so I, I now try to kind of steer away from some of the, uh, some of the names like, like, like pellet grill pros, for example. I mean, that's not a terrible one, but that's sort of like your dropshipping competition. That's the names they always go for. Hmm. And I think if, if you have like one of those really obvious sounding names, like, yeah, pellet grills online or pellet grills, I don't know, outlet or something like that, you're likely to have competition that sounds very similar, right? And, and then you're not memorable. And that could happen after you start your business as well. Three other guys could come in with a similar name. And for the customer, particularly if they have a similar looking site for the customer, it's like, wow, what site am I actually even on? I think, I think that's a real thing. So I try to maybe go a little bit more, get a little bit more creative with it. But uh, my, my thing is I want to sound unique. So I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at what's already on the market as well. You know, I want to check that. I'm not actually thinking of a name in my mind. It's the same as somebody else's name already or like a variation on it or something like that. Um, I think so. I put a bit of thought into that, but once again, I don't spend long on this. I mean, this stuff, I think it's it's important like you want to get something as you say it's memorable it's a bit unique etc but once again it's not going to be the be all and end all of your business it's not the sort of thing you should spend two weeks coming up with your you know your business name and your branding right you, you actually got my head spinning right now so i'm going to just riff in live time as, as i think about this so like look i don't want you to spend two weeks either that that is truly one of the limiting beliefs we just talked about earlier everything has to be perfect or i can't launch it what uh, if i fail yeah it's yeah. bullshit it's bullshit move forward with an mvp however i will say you got my head spinning there right so i've had pellet grill pros the 3d printer guy uh shop niche name that again i still in four episodes i haven't looked this up slap me up one of you guys like hit me up in the group and say hey ben quit talking about a story you can't talk about or at least go look and see if you can john knows what it is <laughs> shot blank right um or i've seen i mean just looking around buy massage chairs wasn't that johnny fd site way back in the day i think buy massage tables.com or something like that anyway um I, I fell into that same trap you're right and and you just really got my head thinking of like how is that memorable how are you ever going to sell something and get people to like talk about you ever like word of mouth marketing is huge in all business right it's the biggest marketing channel there is and so if you are pellet grill pros and there's pellet grill outlet and um shop pelletgrills.com and all these ones that all sound the same then how are you ever going to stand out right and so what you got me thinking on while i was sitting here was like I'm, i live in a small town there's one hardware store there's one grocery store they have mm. brands in, in america it's super value is the name of the brand that's in my town but nobody says i'm going to super value they say i'm going to nielsen's it's a name. It's a memorable name. They don't say I'm going to Ace Hardware. They say I'm going to Gregerson's, right? And so, like, I think having something more memorable and perhaps putting a name to it or a word to it, and it doesn't need to be uh, super, super unique, uh, is something that's going to be a little bit more memorable than 
you know, I bought it off that Pellet Grill site and then they'll go to Google and they'll try to search that name and they'll find 14 other people with the same sort of name. Like you really got my head spinning there, John. I had never really thought of that before because yeah. there's an and opportunity like- to go to leandomainsearch.com, put in your niche keyword and you'll find like pelletgrillshd.com or pelletgrillshq.com or again, Pellet Grill Pros or Outlet or like there's all or direct, buy direct. You know what I mean? Like there's all these opportunities to put that that BS in there. And, and I've never really thought about it the way you just explained it. I, like I actually learned something today. Kudos to you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think, the, yeah, I mean, you hit it as well, like referrals, right? Like people, you know, when you're in a, when you're, when you're serving like a passion-based market or something, right? People who buy your products, they're going to associate with other people who use the products as well, right? Like, you know, if I'm selling surfboards to surfers, guess who surfers hang out with? Other surfers, right? They have a great experience with your business. They're going to tell other people about it. Now, if they're telling other people a name that sounds like three other people in your market, and then the people they refer you to, they're not necessarily going to like share the domain name. They're going to say, hey, you should go and check out this website. It's called blah. That person then goes and looks online on, under their own steam. Google searches the name and they get ads from three websites. And they're like, oh, they all kind of look a bit like the same. Which one's the right one? It's, it's just super easy to get confused. Whereas if you have something that sounds more unique, um, there's just no way that, like, like you say, like it's it's a name or, or something like it doesn't have to be someone's sound like someone's name, but I'm just saying if something that's unique, there's no way you can be confused, right? Um, and people's attention and all that online is so short these days that I think you just got to have something that jumps out a little bit, right? And I don't think it needs to, it, it certainly doesn't need to include keywords or anything because there's no value in that anymore, right? It's no real value in that from an SEO perspective either, honestly. Um, so it's just got to be something that false. sticks in people's mind. That's uh, false. I'm calling no, you. I'm not. calling false. There's one thing that's still valuable there. I'll tell you what it is. Over optimizing your anchor text. So let's say we went and got a link from BenKnegendorf.com, and I was going to link back to DropshipPodcast.com. Um, if I linked back to it, I would use the hyperlink Dropship Podcast, right? Uh, however, like if I was going to link to a pitching machine and, and like a specific name and I went out and got a hundred links and they all had the same anchor text, Google's going to go, what the fuck are you doing, man? You can't do that and slap me up. However, if that's the name of your business, you can go get all the links you want, right? And so you can own uh, the keyword for your niche as long as you can get that. L- the likelihood of you getting that actual do- domain is hard. But I would say like, uh, you know, back to your point, the new trends out there are like remove vowels. Um, uh, yeah, or, yeah, or sure. add like L Y to the end of the word. Don't fucking do that. Like you want something memorable and not something somebody's going to go to Google and type in and go, who, who is this again? Like, I can't spell it. Like really like, I think memorable is the right word we should be going for here, John, so that you can have word of mouth marketing, which ends up being huge in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Don't misspell words in your name either. Like, uh, if, if SEO is going to be your thing, you want people searching your brand on Google search. Like somebody asked, I was looking at somebody's domain the other day. They were t- asking me about a website and they, they, they had candy in the name and they'd spelled it K-A-N-D-I, right? Not someone's name or anything like that. It's just, it was supposed to be the word C-A-N-D-Y. And it's like, yeah, if people say word of mouth to that, then, you know, nobody's going to think to spell candy that way when they go and Google search it, right? Because you don't spell it that way. And it's also not likely that Google's going to do a close match on that. Because you've got, you know, a few letters that are wrong. So anyway, don't do that either. Where do, it's, where not, it's, you, it's not, it's not 1999 anymore. That stuff's not cool. Where would you send somebody to find number one? Uh, like my number one tool is leandomainsearch.com. That's where you can actually like put in a keyword and find 
uh, you know, either front loaded or back loaded, find other things that go with it. That's kind of my resource. But where, where do you go even to generate ideas and like start thinking, you know, how can you come up with something not necessarily catchy, but memorable within your market? Um, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually a good question. I, I, how do I think of that? Um, I don't know that I necessarily go somewhere to look at things. Like I will, like, as I said, I'll look at the competition so that I know what's there that I shouldn't do. Right. So there's, there's ideas that I need to try and steer away from if I can. Um, I tend to kind of try and think about once again, it goes back to the, the who and like, what, what what are what are they trying to achieve with the products right so what's what's the outcome they're trying to achieve what what is the thing they're going to do so uh you know like what how can i do an example of that that's not one that i've actually built for somebody else um so if if i'm going to sell stuff to surfers right so i I always use the surfboards and surfers because that's that's what i do um i wouldn't make my name about surfboards i would make it something about surfers right because i want people to think my website is somewhere that surfers belong it's not somewhere that surfboards belong it's somewhere that surfers belong right and so the name might sound a bit more like a blog name rather than an e-commerce name, right? Because I want to attract surfers to my website because there's going to be content on there. There's going to be all sorts of stuff on there. It's not just going to be products on there, right? I want in in my space. So I don't know that I use a tool to come up with that name or something, but I'll familiarize myself a bit with the market. You know, through my research, I've been looking at other websites, looking at content opportunities. And so, you know, it might be, if, if you're in a sort of passion-based space or something like that, there might be specific terms that are used by people to describe themselves or you know specific sort of lingo if you like or colloquialisms that you could work into your name that are really specific to that group of people and what they do and i think you know if, if you can find ways to do that make your name about what people do um, about the, the the people you serve and and being relevant to them rather than just your name being about the products that you sell which once again, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you've got a domain that's that's the products you sell, like don't feel bad. As I say, this isn't this isn't a success or failure thing, right? If if you've got a good business, a good offer, good products that people want to buy, honestly, it doesn't matter a hell of a lot what your business is called. Um, you know, that's not going to be. I've seen some businesses with terrible names that did quite well, right? Um, Why are you but, always looking at me? Like you always look at me when you make comments like that. First, I had, a, first I had a shitty theme. We can't run it on the Shoptimize theme. I showed you how to get to eight figures on Shoptimize, and now you're. I know what you're doing. You're giving me these looks like, look at this no. guy. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey! Look, it's your haircut, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't take my eyes off your haircut. Me no, I'm looking like, at you because you're on the screen in front of me, dude. <laughs> no, but you're giving me that look. I know what that look is. Even the listener <laughs> who can't see you knows what that look is. Look, I think you're on the on the right track, right? So if I was gonna be if I was gonna do a baseball only website, I might name it like Grand Slam Sports. Or uh if I yeah. was going to target all sports like championship belt or or championship athletics, uh obviously there's a brand called yeah. Champion out there, right? Like try to sure. think of something 
that your people want to talk about that's memorable within the audience you're targeting uh, rather than just saying niche or keyword pros.com or shopkeyword.com. Um, look, and it, yeah. if you're already going, uh, it's a it's a nightmare to do this. But like, if you think branding is going to make that big a difference, and I would, depending on the size of your business, I, I wouldn't worry about it in the beginning, that's for sure. But later on, it's not that hard to rebrand and, and redirect and set up a new site. It's going to take some effort, uh, but I bet the reward would be worth it in the end, especially if you have some you know six-word domain um, that I've definitely seen uh, in our community. I might think about changing later on down the mm. road or, or putting that – it's going to cost you some, some money, right? It's going to cost you some time for sure. I might consider it down the road when you when you have a lot of customers and could use that referral marketing. Yep. Yep. Well – that's cool. So you pick a name anyway, and uh, then you're going to sort out some branding. So, you know, we want to start at this point, like sorting out your, you know, just like a logo and things like that, that you can obviously put on, put on a website um, and use in a couple of other places. So for me, uh, particularly if I was doing this for the first time, but for me, that's always a, I mean, you know, I have a graphic designer that I work with full time, but most people don't have that. I'm straight to Fiverr for the branding stuff. Fiverr every time for me, easy once again um you know you pick three colors no more than three colors for your brand two if you want to um give those three colors to someone on fiverr who does the sort of style you're looking for don't overthink it uh give them the name tell them what you're selling get someone to knock something out don't spend more than 100 bucks on it that's it yeah i wouldn't spend more than 10 bucks on it right uh, another good name for your domain, MVP something or other if you're doing a sports one. But like MVP is the keyword here. None of that shit matters right now. None of it. Um, yep. Get a logo, get some colors, and you can adjust that later. None of that matters as far as like before calling suppliers for sure. Yeah, you just, you need to have something, but yeah, don't overthink it at this point. Um, unlike your, your domain name, changing your branding is a lot less work, <laughs> you know, for sure. Cool. So you get that stuff sorted out and then – um, you know, there's a, there's a few things that we want to put in place now before we start calling suppliers, right? So um, most people who are listening to this who are familiar with the process would know that the next thing we kind of do is set up what people refer to usually as a demo website um, using Shopify, of course, which we've talked about before, why we like using Shopify and why we use Shopify. But uh, how much work are you putting into that website? Yeah. Like what, um, what are you actually setting up at this point? You know, I think I mentioned this on our, our original call, but we didn't really deep dive into this. So I don't lie. First off, that's the number one thing. I don't put a ton of work here because I don't lie. I don't make it look like an active store, but I do do the homepage. I make the homepage look good enough so that, I mean, let's be real. When you call a supplier, two out of 10 of them are going to check out your website. Maybe. Mm, right. And yeah. those two are, they're not going past the homepage. Uh, and so as long as I have the homepage covered for those two, I'm, I'm good with that personally. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm the same. Definitely. You know, you want the homepage to look, you know, pretty decent. Um, and you know, I'll, so what I do is, I mean, we'll set up the homepage and, um, you know, all of that sort of thing. And I, I do put some, some products on the site. I put like five products on the site. Um, I've heard some people say, oh, you want to put on all these collection pages and categories with like five products in each category and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, like no supplier is going on your site. They might look at one product page, but they're not going to go through 20 product pages that aren't even for real products that you're selling yet, looking at them all. 
it's just a waste of time, really. And once again, I think the key here is to do enough so that somebody can take you seriously. Like, and know that you're actually prepared to do some work and you know what you're doing. I mean, that's the purpose of the demo website is for people who want to see something that you can do that you've at least got a little bit of skin in the game. You know, you've got something there. Um, if I thought I was going to struggle getting a brand, John, I would do a product. That's probably the only time I think yeah. I would. Well, like if- I, I do. And that's why I say I do like five products just in case there's somebody who's a little bit more on the fence about it, right? And they're a bit like, uh, yeah, you know, I can say, well, look, go check out the website. There's some products on there. You can see how your products and your brand are going to be positioned. You know, it's pretty good. And for me, I mean, I set those up not exactly the same as they will be when they're going to be live to customers, but they're not far off. Like the reality is setting up the site that's, we call it a demo site, but I mean, it's a lot of it's already there at the demo stage. It's not that far for me off what I would send a customer to when I do it, but that doesn't take long. I mean, you know, setting up a demo site takes like, I don't know, hours, a matter of hours. You know what I mean? For me. Yeah, for you and Once I, again, for sure. I'm sure there's other people. Yeah, out there we're practiced. We've, we've done it a lot, a lot. But what I'm trying to say is, I mean, it, once again, it's that thing where you want to do enough so that you're convincing, but you don't want to overdo it because that just then you're just putting yourself further away from actually selling something. Yeah, I think specifically what I was saying was like for certain brands, right? So uh, the TV analogy just seems to be easy for me. I don't know why, uh, but Samsung, they're the elite of the elite. I'm not going to call Samsung without having personally having a Samsung done and I will do one product to the T. I'll do it exactly like it's going to be when it's live and just say, I wanted you to see how we're going to represent your brand. I wanted to see, I wanted you to see the level of detail and care I put into your brand and how much I respect it as much as you respect your own brand. Just, I, I want them to see that I, you know, I'm, I'm not some bullshitter. Like I'm really going to do everything I possibly can to represent their brand. Well, uh, so I'll take the time on what I perceive to be the big brands. And, um, other than that, I, I don't personally put any products up. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's interesting though, that you say that because, uh, a lot of the dropship dudes out there that teach this stuff will say, don't, don't, uh, don't put products on from suppliers that you actually intend to call. Right, but obviously you've got for at least for some suppliers a different approach there. Yeah, but that's because I tell the truth, right? They play that jealousy yeah. game. Let's go get Vizio and every other brand up, and then call them and be like, "Man, I'm selling so many Vizios. People are calling every day. It's very Trump, right? Can you imagine calling your suppliers and being like, "We get so many calls, huge calls for Samsung. I have nowhere to send them. We send them to uh, Vizio. We need you on board. You're missing out on sales here. Huge sales." Right, like uh, that's that's probably the greatest impression you ever heard. By the way, Let yeah, just I'm just I'm just gonna say, let, let's just stop there and, and give Ben a round of applause. Just clap everybody who's listening. That was actually pretty good. I didn't know was you it? were good at impressions. Oh wow, well, well uh, I think so. I've been working on I that one so. at home for a year. So uh, yeah, well anyway, done. no, but like that, that's the the other courses. That's what they try to make them jealous. Try to act like you're getting calls all day. Of course, you're not getting fucking calls for the other brands. You're advertising on Vizio. You're not advertising on Samsung. Uh, uh, th- that is the dumbest advice I've ever heard. So I, yeah, I definitely, I'm honest, man. I'm like, even on my very first store, I called and I was like, this is my very first store. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to give it everything I fucking have. Uh, and I landed 20 out of 20 on that, on the very first store, just by mm. being honest. Right. And now I have shit to fall back on. I'll, I'll literally name off. Here's five websites myself and my team has done in the past. And, and that helps. Like it's, it's easier once you get going, but that first one, man, just be honest. Like people respect that you're yeah. a human too. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, and um, I, I certainly, yeah. I mean, I've heard people say, "I oh, yeah, you should pretend that your site's been live for like two years or something." I even think that's what I got told when I first started with high ticket dropshipping way back when. I, I'm pretty sure. Don't do that. Like that's that. Don't pretend your sites. But there's nothing wrong with saying it's a new business, right? Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, and yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, like I'm the same. I mean, I'll put some products on the site, but I never say that we're actually selling them and that they're live products. Like if, if somebody asks, I'll just say, look, they're there for demonstration process, uh, for demonstration so that you can see what, you know, how your products are going to look on our site. Because I know that your brand and, you know, how you're presented online is important to you. You've got value in that. And so I want to respect it. And this is what it's going to look like. You know what I mean? So this is this actually leads into our next point, John. So I do want to ask you, right? When when you're on a call with them and they're looking at your site, every single one I've ever talked to assumes you're live and that you're taking sales. In fact, they'll take minutes out of their day to shit on their competitors' brands they see on your site and tell you not to sell them because they think you're really selling this stuff. And so on that same point, because they think you're live, do how much do you put into all of the other stuff? So I put a little list on here of like do you get a phone number? Do you set up G Suite? Do you set up all the apps? Do you get a good theme? Do you deal with Search Console, Analytics, Google, your privacy page, your terms page, your backend Shopify? All that shit needs to get done. Um, and I, I don't want to give anyone listening to this an excuse to be like, oh, well, I need to get all that done before I call suppliers. Because it doesn't matter whether you do it before or do you do it after. But I, w- I want to know your opinion. Like, when do you do all that stuff? When do you take time to set up all the ancillary stuff? Is it before you call or yeah. after? Uh, look, what I do and what my team does and, and what I teach people, actually, my program is actually to Wait, do... Wait, you have a course, John? Oh, yeah, I do. You know I do. Everybody knows I do. Come on. Come on. I'm giving um, you free PR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so we got... Um, just looking at the list of what we had there, you know, a phone number, like a business phone number, 800 number or 1300 number or something if you're in Australia... Um, like a, an email, like with the at your domain.com or .com.au or whatever it is. Um, like those two things um, and like a good theme for your site. I, I tend to do those before I call suppliers, mostly because it's easy, right? Those, those things are really easy to, I get the good theme to begin with because you're going to need it anyway before you go live to customers. So when you're building your demo store, why not just do it from the same thing? That's it's just double handling to start off with something basic and then go back and change it before you go live. I don't like double handling, right? Either. Like there's no point setting something up and then changing it like a lot when the time taken to set it up right the first time, it's not actually that much different. So, so you go those things sh- I'll do. But the other sh- thing I will say, like some suppliers are concerned about customer service, Right. So if they look at your website and they see your website doesn't have a phone number, it doesn't have an email address, or it, I've had suppliers call phone numbers on websites too, right? This has actually happened. So if you put a fake number on, sometimes they will try and call it. But I have had suppliers say like, what's your customer service process? Like how you, like, we don't want to have anything to do with that. Like how are you serving customers? And like, so I like to have a phone number, like getting a phone number literally takes two minutes. You jump onto grasshopper.com, buy a phone number. It's easy. Setting up G Suite takes five minutes once again and costs, I don't know, 10 bucks or something, right? 10 bucks a month or something for one email address. And then it's set up. And then when you contact suppliers, part of that is going to be emailing. I don't like emailing suppliers from some weird at gmail.com account either. 
I, I don't think it, it doesn't look professional. And for those, uh, it looks like a dude who's just sitting there. Like you give somebody, oh yeah, our business phone number is a mobile and we're on a Gmail account. It looks, it just doesn't quite feel professional. And for a lot of suppliers, that probably doesn't matter, but for some it does, right? Um, and so that's why I set those things up before we call supplies, just because they're so easy to set up and, and it's cheap to set up. And then it's just done. You don't have to worry about it later. It's done. You can put those details on like account forms that you get from suppliers um, and, and, you're, and you're ready to go. And same with the Shopify theme. I mean, you're going to set up a demo website. You might as well just put the right theme on there in the beginning. Oh, you stepped all over my joke last time. Let me insert. So you go to shoptimize.com right away or you're just trying you're just trying to goad me man you're just trying to goad me <laughs> look i think people don't want to spend money oftentimes in the beginning they're worried whether it's going to work if you know you're going to put in the work if you've never done this before if you're one of a you know people who doesn't own a course and you're wanting to start this like you're going to have to spend a little bit of money um but if you're never going to quit what does it matter it's kind of like buying a stock that went down uh, did you actually lose the money if you didn't sell the stock? It's going to go back up. Everything goes back up, right? So if you're committed long-term, go buy a theme. Uh, John and I love Superstore. Uh, so does Leighton. It turns out Leighton loves shout out. So Leighton Taylor, everyone, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> and so like Superstore it is, uh, go buy grasshopper it's pretty cheap and if you want to save some money don't go pay a guy to talk in fact i did this on my last one i got put this mic really close to my lips and was like thanks for calling sunshinecoast.com all of our representatives are currently busy helping other members please leave your name it's super simple to just like you know make up something and get it done you don't need to go pay that stuff and so um i would definitely recommend same as John. Get G Suite done. Get your phone number done. I actually personally like to connect analytics and AdWords and uh, all yeah. all of the ancillary stuff. You have to do it at some point anyway. Uh, and so I like to get that stuff done personally. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely for as far as shop, uh, Shopify themes go, um, you mentioned Superstore. That's by a company called Pixel Union. Uh, if you don't want to spend even that amount of money, even the, the Empire theme from uh, Pixel Union, which is like half the price, is pretty good. It just got a big update as well. Um, it's a really good theme. It looks very similar to Superstore, actually. Um, but if you don't want to use Pixel Union, go over to Out of the Sandbox. It's a sister company to Pixel Union. The, the themes they make, those two companies make, they're just so well made, right? And yes, you're going to need to customize them a little bit sometimes to get the exact look you want over time. But the building blocks are fundamentally good. I think. And that's the difference between themes like Shoptimized and them. Shoptimized, the building blocks are rubbish. Regardless of what it looks like on the surface, the building blocks, it's poorly coded. It's just a mess, right? So, and this can't, this is important for things like SEO and your marketing, right? You don't realize it in the beginning, but having a really poorly coded website just means you're going to have trouble down the track. Um, and it's, it's hard to fix that. It's not easy to fix that. So you might as well start off with something that's actually made by, you know, uh, companies that have been, well, I mean, these companies were some of the first ones doing themes for Shopify. So, and they're consistently being the, the, the most highly used ones out there. And it, it, that's for a reason. Here's a little right. hint too. How many times, John, do you get this question? Hey, you mentioned this on, on your live or in your podcast. How do I do that in X theme or Y theme or Z theme? Here's a little hint. Uh, I recommend Superstore. John recommends Superstore. And we're going to talk about all the cool, like, technical stuff we do in the back end and things we add to it. If you want to be able to add that easily, like, use Superstore. I, I can see uh, a way in the future my technical stuff, John's other things that he does. 
some of the cool shit Layton's doing that I don't even know how to explain other than sections everywhere. If we were ever going to like sell that or give any of that stuff away, we're going to give it away for Superstore uh, and not for 10 other themes. And we're not going to answer questions on how to get it in, in a million different themes because all the code's different. John's right. Like Shoptimized, I liked it because it was so easy. There wasn't much to the code, and that was actually a problem. Uh, the, everything was super simple there. The code wasn't well written. And so, uh, look, I, I can't talk on it as much as you could or, or, or my partner Layton could for sure. But like <clears throat> Superstore is where I would tell everyone to be, especially if you're going to hear John and I talking about different random things we do in the code we're going to know where it is on superstore and we're not going to know where it is on others yeah but even if you are using a different theme and you hear people talking about oh you, you should do this thing or, or make the change your theme so it does this thing this way and it doesn't quite work on your theme because the theme's coded differently just go and hire a developer for like two hours get them to do it like once again this isn't something you should agonize over you can hire somebody i mean this is a great one of the other great things about shopify there's tons of developers out there with experience coding stuff on, on Shopify, right? It's not hard to find them. So if you want an outcome on your site, don't worry about fiddling around with it yourself for like 20 hours trying to get it to work, wasting your time. Just go on to, to, a, to an outsourcing platform and find a developer like 10, 20 bucks an hour. Get them to do it for you. So this is what I want you to do. Here's an example these guys were talking about it. Can you make that work for my site? simple you can always do it i think i'd fight you on that one man i don't know i'm such a perfectionist when it comes to code yeah sure but you know you early this episode you shit it all over perfectionism so maybe you should uh take a (laughs) dump on yourself there right right? here's a little hypocrisy don't do it you're not you're not you're not a coder mate i mean what what are you worried about perfectionism you're gonna get your buddy to do it that's outsourcing then no i would pay him i would pay him but that's not 10 20 bucks an hour right i think he's no 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 sure sure but 10, 20 bucks an hour is just based on the, the price is just based on country economics. It's not necessarily based on skill. Paying somebody 20 bucks an hour in the Philippines is the equivalent of you paying your buddy 200 bucks an hour in the US. That's it's the same thing. I think it's I've exactly just been the in the same thing. I mean, you and I consulted a ton of people over the years, right? Like back in the Ecom Fire days, it was all kinds of people. That's before I even really knew what I was doing. I was just, you know, a couple steps ahead of people. But uh, we've been in a lot of people's themes that they're all a little wonky, right? There's a lot going on in there. And, and just over time, I've seen, you know, the stores that really win on the SEO front when they're getting their technical right, it's because it's super, super clean. And it's not, you know, there's not app fragments and there's not, you know, I've had X developer and Y developer in there and they've got different things pulling from different sections and different parts of the CSS. And so, um, well, I don't think you're wrong because one of our later points here is like, it can't all be you. Uh, man, I, there's certain areas I just don't skimp on personally. Yeah, sure. Oh, look, and you don't need to skimp on it. I mean, obviously, you've got to be able to hire the right person as well, right? Um, now, I, I say that. I'm, I'm confident in doing that. Um, maybe not. Maybe you should pay a bit more. I'm just saying, like, the sort of tweaks that most people are making to themes are not complicated, right? They just feel complicated because you don't have any background in web development, right? But for somebody who does, we're not talking about building a custom theme here, Right? Yeah, if I wanted to get something like that done, I'd be paying somebody a fairly decent chunk of money to do that, right? Thousands and thousands of dollars. But making a little tweak here to how the videos load on your site, it's not complex. Like as far as web development goes, that's actually a fairly simple task. It it just is. Are you telling me my business partner has been overcharging me? No, of course not. (laughs) 
I'd never do that. I'd ne- I mean, nobody overcharges. I mean, it's all what you're prepared to pay, mate. If you're prepared to pay it, then he's charging you the right amount. You're either saying he's overcharging <laughs> me or that I'm really dumb. And we, this could well, be both I'd, here. You know, I'm, I'm not going to insult someone I don't know. So, you know, you're just really dumb. <laughs> Nice. No, no, but look, I mean, he's like, he does some, I mean, you've explained to me some of the stuff that Leighton works on for you, which sounds to me super cool. And that some of those things are things you should be paying a lot more for, right? Because they are more complicated. Um, and that's not something that you're going to get, um, you know, just uh, somebody you find on, on like, you know, online to do for you necessarily, right? But like I'll go back to most most of the tweaks people are making, they're not that complicated. It's you know inserting an image here, doing this there. I mean that's not tough stuff, but it feels tough for somebody who's not who has no background in that. And so people will sit there. It's, I find people make the most mistakes with their code when they try and do it themselves. That's what most people actually try and do. They go onto five different websites, look at look up how do I do this, and they hack it themselves. And that's when it gets a bit messy. Hmm. Well, I remember those days, too. I remember the 3D printer guy spending half a day trying to figure out, like, where in the theme is this one little thing that's out of place? And I can't, like, I remember yeah. those days. You know, it's it's uh, oh, it's not yeah. fun. Man, I'm, I'm so terrible with it. That's what I'd be like today if I tried to do it, which is why I don't do it. I'd be sitting there for, like, hours going, uh, what am I looking at here? Like, I'm an idiot when it comes to, you know, still after seven years or so of being online, you know, I'm terrible with it. Well, I've gotten a little better, but uh, I'm still pretty dumb. But like I yeah. said, Leighton has taken me to a new level, and I, I can't thank him enough. That's just not where I thrive, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, you put another question in here. What's the secret to success with a high-ticket dropshipping store? So, like, I think we covered everything you need to do before you call suppliers at this point. Yep. Where did you want to go with this question? Because I, I saw it in here, and it had a little bit, you know, a uh, different vibe than what we were talking about. Yeah, I think when I was sort of like looking at what we were going to talk about in this episode, I'd, I'd been asked this question a couple of times in the week beforehand. Um, and it's a question I've been getting. I mean, you, I mean you, I'm sure you get it in any business model, right? Um, I've been getting asked this question for years and years. It just always, always pops up from all sorts of different places. Um, and I still, you know, in, in Facebook groups and all this sort of stuff, it comes up and, you know, um it's i yeah i just i wanted to talk about it because it was on my mind at the time and uh, you know obviously i'm sure you've been asked it many times i think a lot of people who come in and they're trying to get started and grow a business they they often assume that you know people who are successful at it have like access to some you know secret knowledge or they're doing some you know secret strategies and tactics that nobody else knows and that's why they're successful um, and so often people will be like spending massive amounts of time going out, trying to find out what those things are. And while there's definitely are, you know, a set of strategies and tactics that you should, that you do need to learn and implement to, you know, have a successful business here. Of course there are, you can, anyone can access those. They're not secret, right? Maybe you'll have to pay for them. Maybe you'll have to get a mentor to find them or whatever, but they're not secret. They're not something that's like withheld from you. The answers are all there, but I don't think that's really, um, that's not the secret because I've also seen an even a large number of people who have access to all that stuff and still don't get anywhere with it, right? Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to kind of, like, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this as well, obviously, but um, yeah, I just wanted to talk through 
you know, a lot, a lot of people I think are sitting there and they see other people who are, who are doing this or they listen to you and me or other people. And they're like, yeah, they, those guys have done a lot of different stuff. They've had a lot of success. I'm not having that yet. Like what's, what, what is there something wrong with me? You know, like what's, what's going on here? Like, and, and I, I guess you've probably heard that like people come to you, like maybe you've got some Uber secrets or something like that too. But I actually don't think that's like, it, I think it's a lot simpler. There's, Simple, but not easy. It goes back to that simple, but yeah. not easy thing. Like for me, the, the secret is, uh, and, and what I tell people this all the time, like I'm not a super smart dude, you know, uh, or anything like that. Um, I don't think I know, you know, secret things that nobody else knows or anything like that. I actually think I've been successful just because I don't quit on anything. And sometimes that's, that's a, that's a negative, well, not a negative, but that's, that's a causes me problems in some ways, but me too, man. Like, I was the best I, fucking beer drinker ever 10 years ago. I don't <laughs> drink anymore, man. Yeah. So was I, but, uh, um, like, <laughs> like, I, like, honestly, for me, most people who get into this business model quit, they don't fight. They don't actually fail in, in my view, they quit when it gets hard. Most people or, quit at everything when it gets hard. Yeah. Right. Oh, true. Yeah. Sorry. I shouldn't say it's just this business model that happens. This, this, that's a life thing, but I mean, we're talking about drop shipping. So if I think of all the people I've, and I've coached and, and mentored hundreds of people at this point who have, who are, who are building or trying to start one of these businesses. And I'd say that over the course of three years, probably 80% of those drop out. And it's not because their business failed. It's just because they couldn't follow through on it. Literally, that's I would, it. I would say that number's low. It might be. I'm I, Like I said, I might be being conservative there. It might be higher. Um, so people always ask me like, what's the success rate with high ticket dropshipping? And I'm like, well, like if you just look at the bare numbers, it's probably pretty low, right? But it's not for the reasons that you think. It's not because dropshipping doesn't work it's because most people aren't prepared to do what it takes to make it work. And so of the people who are prepared to do what it takes to make it work, I actually think the success rate is quite high. It's just that of all the people that try, that's a small group of people. You know what I mean? And so for me, if somebody asked me like, what's, what's the secret to success? It's literally go out and find somebody who knows how to do it and who's done it, learn from them, and then just keep doing it until it works. That's it. I think there's a couple more pieces I would add in there, (laughs) (laughs) just to be fair. Number one, I wrote down, take consistent action with a registered trademark in our notes. Uh, I still own that domain, man. Do you remember that? Uh, Do you remember that? Uh, I think you were on there, weren't you? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. I, I, I certainly remember that, though that you had that yeah it was like the first time i ever stepped out of my shell man i was so nervous to do a podcast anyway take consistent action that's it do work every day if you if you're if you're never going to quit if this is your only option of course it's going to work there is no other option if you leave yourself some outs if you a, a, a typical mindset thing is people will not give it their all they'll give it 90 percent of their all and then when they fail that's their excuse and they, that's the reason they only gave it 90 percent in the first place so when they ultimately fail they can go well i wasn't really trying that hard anyway and they, they can quit. 
because they weren't really giving it their all. It's fucking bullshit. Don't quit. Give it everything you have and never quit. And if that's your only option, you're going to make it work. Now, of course, there's a few little things you can do in there to improve yourself along the way. And that's where I would say I would add a few things is like one of the most important things I did along my entire journey was surround myself with people who were also in that same mentality of I'm not going to quit or people who were slightly above me. Very early on in my journey, I made friends with this guy I'm talking to right now because I could see John was active in the forums. Corey was active in the forums. Clint Parker was active in the forums way, way, way back when in the course we took. And I said, well, I'm going to hang out with these guys because uh, I'm not going to quit either. And we all just kind of held each other accountable. We would hop on calls here and there. We would answer every every question we could for each other in the forums. Uh, and by surrounding myself with people back then, it, it brought me to the next level. And then I surrounded myself with even more people who were doing things. It turned out to be a, a, a very similar group of us who like came up together, if you will. We all kind of succeeded. But eventually, I moved on to paid masterminds. I started paying to be in rooms of more successful people hmm. so that I could level myself up. And I continue to do that today. I'm going to a mastermind in a couple of weeks. And so um, I think in the beginning, it's all about putting in the work, just doing the work and not giving yourself any excuses whatsoever why it's not working. Just you do the work and then start surrounding yourself with other people who are doing the work as well and start sharing your knowledge. Use the hive mind uh, to start finding new ways to acquire customers, new ways to lower your ROAS uh, or improve your ROAS. Uh, like, and then, you know, from there it's, it's systems, right? Start documenting every single thing you do and, and hiring people to do it and, and get out of your own way. Cause it's not about you. It's about the person you're serving. Um, and it's, it's, it's not about you. Like you don't need to be everything in your business. So, um, man, there's a million parts to that question, John, there's been a lot of things that helped me along the way, but the very, very beginning, the genesis of that is I didn't leave myself any other options. Yeah. Uh, I, I was $40,000 in debt. I had a credit card show up that had a thousand dollar limit on it. And I bought a course for a thousand dollars and I, I said, this is it. It's either I do this or I have to do something else. So I left myself no other fucking option other than to succeed. And wouldn't you know it? I succeeded. Yeah. And that's it. You're, you're absolutely right. There, there is a, a lot more depth there be, behind that. Why, why I keep it so simple is that if you don't have that commitment, like if you're not just prepared to do what it takes until it, it happens or it works or whatever, then all that other stuff doesn't matter. Right, like you're right. If if you leave yourself out um, from the beginning, like oh, I'm gonna do this for three months, and if it doesn't work, you know, I'm gonna go and do something else. Like you're set up not to. You're set up that that's what's gonna happen. And I hear a lot of people that are like that. They're like, oh, I'm gonna try this for a few months, and if it, if it if I'm not making X amount of dollars, then I'm gonna say it doesn't work. I'm gonna do something else. Like just don't don't start. Don't even bother. Like I'll tell people that I'll just be like, dude, you, you're, that's not going to work for you. There's no, because there, there's no, you can't set like, Oh, I, 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 this must happen before you've even done anything because every, every experience with high ticket dropshipping is different. Every market's different. Every website's different. Every customer base is different. So there is no like, Oh, I'm going to do this in three months. You might do it in three months, but it might take you 12 months and there's nothing wrong with that. Whereas if it took you 12 months, but you said, I'm going to quit at three months, if I'm not at that point, then you just like falsely negative yourself out. You right. gave yourself an out. It's all mental bullshit. Yeah. You just gave yourself why a reason why it's not going to work and that you can walk away and go, well, I said, if it didn't work in three, I wouldn't keep doing this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you've just set yourself up that that's, I mean, if you have that internal self-talk, that that's an outcome, then that's actually going to be the outcome. Like, 
that saying that to yourself doesn't mean that you're going to make it in three months. It actually makes it more likely that you're not going to make it in three months and you're going to, you're going to jump out. Um, so, I mean, you just got to remember it's, it's like a marathon, right? It's a marathon. The secret, no... is, the secret is someone's done it before you and that's all that matters. Right. So use yeah. the four minute mile. Uh, no one had ever ran a four minute mile ever, ever. And then yeah. Roger Bannister magically did it. Yeah. Right. And two months later, two other guys did it. No one had ever done it ever. And once one guy did it, two others did it. So your only thing you ever need to see is you're listening to two people who have done it. And I, I know dozens others. And if yeah. they've done it, that's the secret. Knowing you can. Knowing someone has, so you must be able to. That's it. That's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, don't like the time frame doesn't matter so much. You know what I mean? I think people get hung up on time. Like everything's got to happen tomorrow these days. Like I've got to be a millionaire tomorrow. Right. And I mean, once again, it's, it's just not, it's just not, it's not a good, a fair position to put yourself in. Uh, it's un, it's an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation anyway, but you just don't, you can't start off that way. Um, you know, I have empathy for those people. Cause I was that too, right? Like when I ha- worked at a job, I hated, you know, I still, I, t- I talk to my brother all the time. He's at a job he hates and I can't convince him to do one of these things because he's just like, you know, I won't get. Now he's watched me do this for six years, right? He's like, I won't get to where you are tomorrow. I'm like, of course you fucking won't, right? Like I had to become a completely different human being in order to get where I am today. And that's a journey. And that's a journey I wouldn't trade for the world. I I would encourage everyone listening to to go through that journey of transformation. Um, But they, you know, he wants it tomorrow. And everyone I talked to wants it tomorrow. And back then I wanted it tomorrow. I, I had to get away from this immense amount of pain I'm in. And so people who are starting this journey are likely running away from pain as well. And they just want to get away from it. They want to get there tomorrow. And um, little do they know that it's not, it's not a marketing journey they're going to go on. It's a personal transformation journey that they're going to go on. Yep. Yep. Totally. Totally. Well, I hope you can cut this out and send it to anybody who continues to ask you that question, John. <laughs> no, I'll just I'll just tell them to join the podcast, man. There you join go. Join the podcast. <laughs> well, we used to uh, ecom fire back in the day. We used to get a question a lot of what if, what if it doesn't work, what if this happens, and, and we ended up doing a whole podcast around what if, nah. and it was just like flipping it on its head. What if it does work? What if you put in the time and you do become a better person? What if uh, the pain you have of not seeing your kids because you work. 60 hours a week and, and don't make any money. What if you get some of that time back and get to spend it with your kids? Like f- just flipping that what if on your head. Cause I think that's a, a lot of the questions that are going through people's minds that they, mm. they're afraid to put in that work and, and wonder if it's going to work or not. Yep. Totally. It's, it's a great, it's a great way of looking at like flipping those things. I love it. Well, you and I, I have been it. discussing uh, showing off a store, right? Uh, we have actually walking through people that uh, through the process and, and, and making something, visible uh and i think we should i think we should be super super transparent with whatever we do however uh we you and i have not been able to come to um how like together on how that's gonna look and in fact i said let's talk about it before the call and then we were like nah you know what how about we talk through this on the call so you guys can hear john and i's thought process here of like why we would or would not do something that takes an enormous amount of time no question there's a lot of time involved here and a lot of work involved here and so uh john you and i have discussed uh what if we built something together we partnered number one there's like australian versus u.s logistics 
Um, I already have a team. You have a team. Whose team's going to do this? What roles are we going to have? It sounds like, honestly, a bit of a nightmare uh, for us to do one together, if I'm honest with you. I also have like a vision for where I want my life to go. I have partnered with, we're going to say his name for the 60th time, Leighton Taylor. Hope I'm disrupting your dishes again tonight with calling out your name. I've partnered with him because we both have a vision of where we want to go. He's He wants to be uh, in operations and he wants to run the team. I want to sit in that visionary seat on top of everything, kind of direct where people are going. I want to have time. i got a baby boy on the way. Um, I don't want to be dealing uh, in the mud anymore. Uh, in the beginning, you have to be in the mud. You don't have to be later on. I promise you, you do not have to be. It's not about you. And so um, us doing one together, I- I'm a little worried how that would do with my time, if I'm honest with you, John. So I sat, I actually brought it up in our team meeting today um, with Leighton and with uh, our employee. And I was just like, hey, here's where I think I want to go with this. What do you guys think? And they loved it. So I want to hear in live time what you think. Because this became more of like, look, there's two things we can do here. Number one, I want to give unbelievable amounts of value to everybody who's paying five bucks a week to hear it from me. Like I want to, I want to blow your socks out. I want to, I want it to be the best five bucks you've ever spent. Uh, so I want to give value, but number two, I want to fucking entertain you, man. I'm an entertainer, right? You want to hear me sing? I'll sing. You want to, you want to see video of this and John and I dance while we do TikTok dances. We'll do that because we want to entertain you. Uh, and so I was like, how can we entertain this audience? while also giving him enormous amounts of value while also protecting like the vision I have for my life and my team and also understanding your team. And then on top of that, you and I don't fucking agree on things, John. And that's good. That's really, really good. And so I think we should have a challenge, John. My idea here is myself and my team, we, we plan on building a, a little bit of a conglomerate anyway. Uh, and so I can get my team slowly working on a second business that I will make completely public. Uh, I will show everybody what they're doing, and I think you should build one too, and I think we should uh, have a little bit of a, a war, if you will. Um, a little competition, a little friendly competition on who can build it better or, or, or bigger or whatever you want to do there, John, because I think, honestly, it might not even be about size. I think what people will learn along the way is the different way we do things, why we're doing things differently, uh, the value in, in you having your team do something where I do it myself or I have my team do it where you deep dive into it yourself. I think there's a lot to learn in, in a little bit of a competition there. And we don't need to build eight figure businesses to do this. Um, I think a few thousand dollars would change a lot of people's lives nowadays per month. And, and I think we can get to that pretty quickly. Um, what do you think of that idea? I, I know I ranted quite long there. I can see you thinking deeply. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Look, I uh, I must say, I think I had thought of something similar myself. Um, actually, as as a potential option to to the to this thing, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I, I suppose the. That would that would be interesting because we do do some things um, a bit differently, and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah. My first thought was we should do the same niche because then it would make it a real competition. And then I was like, wait a minute, why would I do that to either one of us? Um, like you do whatever you want to do because I'm all about like being in something you actually kind of care about. I don't know whether I'll pick something I care about or not. I have one in mind where I like the numbers. I think I've shared it shared it with you. Um, I think I'm going to struggle finding the who behind that, uh, which would hopefully make for good entertainment and people understanding how I think through these things and why I think through them. And um, whether I go with that one or go with something else, I, I, I think just you and I building one separately, if we're both willing to be open about them, is going to give enormous amounts of value. The biggest thing I struggle with is, man, we've consulted with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, 
the chance of us picking something unique is very unlikely. Uh, and so, you know, I, I do worry about that one person who's going to be like, well, he came into my niche. Like, I do worry about that if I'm honest with you. Yeah. I know you have a different take on that. I'd love for you to yeah, share it publicly. Yeah, I do. That's, that's kind of well, why I brought it up. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll share it publicly. I mean, it's, it's going to happen anyway. Like, somebody's always coming into your niche. I mean, if you really get hung up on that, um, then, you know, I think, you know, once again, you're, you're probably in the wrong thing. I mean, com- competition is the nature of business. That's what yeah, you and I, is, you right? and I, you and I are not going to go and rip off somebody's store directly, as in copy their site. That happens, and that's that's a pain in the ass. That's really annoying when that happens, right? And that that is dirty competition. I totally, one hundred percent, do not agree with that, right? But I mean, there's always going to be somebody coming in and selling the same products that you're selling at some point. Hold on, you know what else is dirty competition? I got to interrupt here. I've been saving this. I haven't said it on my public podcast. Fuck you, Michael Coughlin. I got to get this out of my system here, right? You know what else is dirty shit? Uh, Being your old business partner, knowing how well you're doing with the business, then you guys sell your business and he goes and finds the other dropship lifestyle guy selling there and goes, oh, I can compete with you and comes and rips off all your fucking content. Fuck you, Michael Coughlin. For any of you who know who Michael Coughlin is, tell that guy to fuck off for me. Go on, John. I'm sorry I had to get that off off my chest there. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Most people probably won't know that name anymore I, that are listening. You to don't this, think but... so? I bet. I bet some people do. And ah, uh, oh, some people might. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. But and 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 you're right. You're right. That that was uh, that was pretty dirty. Um, <laughs> yeah, but just going back to it. I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't ever go into niches and think about well, do I know somebody in this niche and are they doing well and all that sort of thing. But if it happens, it happens, right? That that's just life to me. I mean whatever uh, i mean if somebody's got like you know i i just think you you know if, if you're if you're worried about that then you know you've probably got other issues you need to deal with um, the one i'm considering my employee actually thought of his brother worked for a company selling these things i would have never thought of this ever um so i'm considering it it doesn't match the who stuff for me so i'm actually kind of struggling with it but i like a lot of the other numbers uh, i just don't know who is the who behind it. i really don't uh, you know, I've discussed it with you. I, I really don't. So um, that mm. one makes me feel a little bit better. Whereas like, you know, I've consulted, there's people on this call. I've consulted Kellen Ambrose. I, I, uh, I think if Kellen saw me create a store coming after him, like months after we've consulted with each other, like that would be weird. Right. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not dirty. So. Um, oh yeah, sure. And, and I think if some, if somebody's paying you directly in, in recent history at that time, you're, you're going to avoid that. Right. But mm. like if I coached somebody five years ago, and I haven't spoken to them since. Like, they, you don't own your market. You don't own your products. Like, that's just a like this whole thing. Like, oh, it's, somebody else is going into my market. Blah blah blah. Like, you you didn't have an original idea in coming up with your market. You didn't. Somebody's thought of your market before you even. There were already people there when you came in, right? So there's one. There's one subscriber who would call you out right now, John Murphy. Oh right? yeah, but. Like that, yeah, that's sure. the most original idea I've ever heard. Kudos to you, John. If you're listening to this, buddy, you have the the only original sure. idea I've ever heard. Yeah, 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 sure. But once again, um, I'll just like you. You can't you can't think that you own your. I mean, if you're dropshipping, they're not even your products. You can <laughs> think it up. Like, come on. I, I just think it's an arrogant and and it's just not a humble pr- thought process to go through to think that oh, I own this space for some reason other than. You know, I learned from somebody else how to research markets and I came up with an idea that, you know, somebody else has thought about before. Like, it, you, you don't. Well, there's two so, things that I care about but, there. Number one, capitalism you know, is the reason yeah. 
like we exist, right? Competition is a good thing. Uh, it's going to make you be better. You're never, you're never just going to be able to sit there and say you own a niche and, and that's it. And you're not going to have to improve. Get out of here, right? Like capitalism is the one. And then also like, I'm just a big believer in abundance. There is enough sales out there. There's not yeah. one person oh, yeah. listening to this or will ever listen to this that somehow captured all of the market or even half the market or even 25% of any market. It just doesn't happen. There is enough sales out there for everybody. There is. And particularly, I mean, if you, if you take a unique approach to your business, you do things, you have your own flavor, all that sort of stuff, like competition matters less. Competition only really matters when you commoditize yourself, when you try to be the same as other people, when you try to make exactly the same thing happen on your site that other people are already doing. Now, I never do that. Even if I went into competition with somebody else, I'd be trying to be different to them, right? To give customers a completely, like a very different option. Um, you know, like, as I say, like, yeah, you, you get people who come into your market who try to rip off your site. They hear you're doing well and they're like, oh, I'm going to copy their product descriptions. And like, that's happened to me, right? And me too. more than once, right? And yeah, that, that sucks. But those people always disappear. Why? It goes back to what we said about the secret before. If you're somebody who needs to do that, you're lazy. You're lazy and you don't know all the work that went behind building that business in the first place. Right, which was probably a lot of hard work, which you're still going to have to do, even if you copy someone's website, right? And those people always flake out. They always did, almost always they disappear within a matter of months, right? Because it doesn't just happen as easily as they think it's going to happen. So I can put a little anyway. cherry on top of that, John. Yeah. Uh, Michael Coughlin, rip, rip, immediately after we broke up our business partner, we sold our business, right? He goes and yeah. finds the other DSL guy who's doing the same stuff as I was doing. He knew how good we were doing. Literally went in, convinced the guy to give him part of his business, copies everything we're doing, every page, uh, rewrites the words. At least he was smart enough not to copy word for word. Rewrote every single page, trying to outrank us, try to copy our ads, did everything. Uh, eight, nine, ten months later, somewhere around there, that, that owner goes, hey, man, uh, yeah, Michael Coggan came in here. I ended up having to buy him back out. So good on the snake for getting in for free and getting bought out when he couldn't fucking live up to his expectations. And then that guy was like, uh, you know, I just need to get out of here. I can't do this anymore. And he tried to sell us his business. Like th those people yeah. don't survive. The snakes don't survive. Um, and, and the, you know, maybe one has in history and that's the one you've heard about, but I promise you they don't. They're, they're pieces of shit and they go away. Like, don't worry about competition ever. Yep, Totally. Totally. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm cool with that idea. The only thing I'd say is that I'll be, if, if we do that, that sort of idea, uh, I'll be doing mine in Australia and you'll be doing really? yours in the US. Why would you well, do that? Yeah. Well, cause I'm not American. Yeah. But you know, this market's ravenous for every single yeah, yeah, product yeah. ever, but, right? No, no. It's just, it's just the, it's, it's the banking and the legal side of things. Yeah, so if I do a business yeah. in the US, I'd do it with a US based partner. Like, I'm not traveling oh. to the U.S. to set anything Is up. Is that what you were trying to do here? You were trying to sneak into a little old America. A little Australian guy wants to take part in America, and that's what you were going to use me. I see it. Yeah, there's just too many headaches. <laughs> too many headaches. So, you know, I'll do it here, which is fine. I mean, we have a lot of people in our in our audience who are Australian. and uh, Then we could do the yeah, same niche. The, or we could if, if it's viable in both countries, for sure. And then we would partner up in the end anyway, right? <laughs> maybe maybe uh but that, that's what i would do uh you know i think i think it would be good there's not enough people that demonstrate stuff over here and given i'm based here um that would be a good story for people to see 
I think I like it. I, I, I would, here, you know, the 20, 20 some people we have listening to this, like go into the Facebook group. Again, if you're not in it, make sure you join it. Facebook.com slash group slash dropship podcast. Uh, join that group and like, let us know what you think. How would you like to see this happen? Like we really, really want to share openly an entire process of everything. Why we, like, and plus it's just going to give John and I free content to talk about every single week. Like here's the struggles <laughs> we're going through. Here's how we picked yeah. the suppliers. Here's how we called them. We can record supplier calls. We can show you our ads. We can do everything. Um, and so whether you think John and I should do it together, put, put minds together, whether you think we should do it separately, whether you think we should really go head to head on a niche, which I think is a crazy idea, whether we should separate and do it in Australia. I'm sure the, uh, the, the Aussie folks in here would love to hear how you do it in there. Um, I want your feedback personally, just really every week, whatever you hear in this show, if we're, if we're posing a question, go give your opinion on it so we can give you what you want. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I'd, I'd be It'd be cool to hear what other people think. Um, but I mean, that was always the intention. A lot of the intention behind this podcast was to not only talk about stuff, but actually talk about stuff in a real sense rather than just theory, you know, like actually walk people through like, like not just how we build it, which is what we've been talking a bit about in these early episodes, but we're obviously going to then get into like, what's the marketing? You're like, how do we, you know, and it's, I, I, I always think it's, it's easy to talk about that stuff when you've got an example, you know, that you can actually point people to. So we want to have that for y'all. When I, like I used to listen to the amazing seller and that dude would use garlic press for every Amazon thing he was talking about was garlic press. And we're starting to turn into that, right? Like I'm turning into pellet grills and pitching machine guy and you are surfer guy. Uh, so it'll be nice to like actually have a real store. We can talk about how we're really thinking through ideas and not just talking about theory. Yep. Well, I got to make pancakes for these kids there. I can hear them screaming through my headphones. So. Uh, I'm going to jump off, but um, <laughs> we'll see all of you next week, man. Hop in that Facebook group. Let us know what you think. Yeah, awesome. And uh, thanks for checking it out, guys. We'll, we'll be back real soon.